Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first timer, welcome aboard. Glad to have you with us and welcome to As the Texans Turn. Wow, what a summer cliffhanger that we just didn't see coming. And hey, I had to bring in my old Locked On Texans co-host, Brian Patterson, in for this. Also, of course, HouseOfHouston.com. What's up, my friend? Hey, I'm doing all right. Yourself? How about yourself? I know it's been like a month since we've talked. It was a Rockets playoffs. We had high hopes. We thought that we were going to beat the uh, Warriors. And then we had to talk about, unfortunately, you know, their loss in game six. It should have went the full distance. But, but hey, we're back. It's been, it's, uh, you know, I, it, it's been a long time since I've talked to you. So, hey, man, I'm just looking forward to just, we got a lot to talk about. Oh, man. my God. Uh, Do we've got a lot to talk about? <laughs> I'm beside myself as far as what's going on right now. You know, I, t- I texted you as soon as we heard about all this, but you, you got to quickly tell everybody where you were because that's interesting and what you thought when this happened. Okay, so. I'm thinking this weekend, nothing's going to happen. No, there's not going to be any crazy breaking news or anything. And, uh, you know, every now and then I do decide to try to, to get away for a little bit. As you guys know, I do work for an airline. So I'm on my way to drive to the Grand Canyon because I've never been there. I'm on I-17 trying to drive up there. I'm in a traffic accident. I'm not in the accident, but I'm like in a, I'm like stuck in traffic, just moving like what, five five miles, you know, an hour or whatever. And then the news breaks that Brian Gain has been fired as the GM. And I had I had to, to regroup. I wanted to make sure I had the tweet correct. I had to pull over because I was like, wait a minute, this is one of the biggest news stories of the year. And, and then all of a sudden my phone just started flooding. And then you text me, a few of my writers text me, some of my friends and and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This must be true. This must be true. And I, it was one of the most shocking. It, 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 it was definitely I wasn't expecting something like this to happen. But maybe this had been brewing for a, a long time and we just didn't know about it. But when you look at all what came together to probably that led up to that, I'm not surprised. I mean, you got Bill O'Brien working there. <laughs> if if he if you don't kowtow to what he wants to get done. And I thought there was alignment. Wasn't that the wasn't that the buzzword alignment? I did apparently there wasn't enough, and that's why he's not he doesn't have a job. Yeah, I need to take it over to uh you know AutoZone or something like that, get the get the thing realigned, I guess. And get the get the groupon though. Don't yeah, don't pay regular price, get the groupon. <laughs> that's what you gotta do. <laughs> the big question is what had you more in awe? Cal McNair or the Grand Canyon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cal, but uh, the Grand Canyon just uh, it 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 beats it out all. I for the first time, and I there's just so much of the park that I didn't get to see. I mean, the park is you know the whole canyon's about 200 miles across, um, even over that, almost close to 300 miles um, across. So there's no way you could possibly see it all in in one visit. But I went to the South Rim, spent some time out on the desert view. Uh, area. I spent almost an hour there. I spent at least 45 minutes just standing there looking at it. I I, I could not walk away because it was something that I had never seen that was so magnificent in my life. Like if you like if you're meditating or if you 
you've got things on your mind and you want to go and relax and you, wherever you want to do, that is a perfect place for that. Oh, and the weather was great because it's up in the mountains. You're you're not, you know, with with Phoenix, uh, you're you're at about thirteen hundred feet, and that's where I stayed. I, I stayed in Phoenix. You're at about thirteen hundred feet above sea level, so that's not too high. But once you get up into the mountains where the Grand Canyon is, you're about seven thousand feet above. So what was one hundred something degrees in Phoenix? Yeah, it was about 60, 70 degrees up there. So, you know, I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt thinking it's going to be hot. I didn't even check the weather. And then at night, you know, because I stayed there pretty much a good chunk of the day, it dropped down into the 50s. And I didn't bring a jacket with me on this trip. I didn't think I was going to need it. Oh, oh yeah. No, it gets it, it gets cold <laughs> at night in the desert, brother. It gets yeah. cold in the night. You need to you need to read a little bit more. You need to use that that. Uh, old google thing that that might have helped you out it, uh, that probably would have helped me i just didn't think about it because phoenix you know at night yeah it was like in the 70s but it's it's kind of like here it's it's pretty hot so yeah at night and that in the day it doesn't matter but when i went up to the mountains i probably should have brought a light jacket but it actually was refreshing to walk around in shorts in the cool weather i it didn't bother me that much well, man, while you were looking at a few mile hole in the ground that you'd never seen before, I was looking at something that I'd never seen before here in Houston, a owner for the Texans that got impatient really, really quick. And, and this is what I thought was interesting, Brian, of everything that I saw on Friday that came out about, oh, what could have happened? The Chronicle reported that, quote, owner Cal McNair determined that Gain was a better personnel man than a GM and didn't want to redefine the job with the Texans. Brian, I think that really, to me, of everything that I've seen makes the most sense because, you know, when you're a GM, it, it's not just the personnel. We concentrate, fans concentrate on that, the draft picks and free agency, but there's so much more to the job. You're in charge of the whole organization, everything that's going on. You know, we might think, oh, that's the most important thing, but I, I just thought that was interesting. That's the thing that stuck out to me of, of everything that I saw because I knew Bill O'Brien. You know, we read Bill O'Brien's, you know, pulling the strings and, you know, maybe he wasn't seeing eye to eye. And But we also saw Cal McNair maybe wasn't seeing it. But I, I could believe all of that. I could believe Cal didn't, you know, had some issues. I can believe O'Brien had issues. What, what what I guess I thought was really interesting was that, you know, they, they just didn't think he was prepared with the other part of being a GM in the NFL. Well, think about this. This is Cal's uh, first offseason as the owner, the guy in charge. Now, no on paper, it's it's uh, it's it's his wife, uh, by Janice. She is actually the owner of the Texans on paper, but we all know Cal is is running the show. Uh, but I, that that's the whole situation there. He's going to run it. I mean, I'm pretty sure Cal was restricted. He didn't want to step on his dad's toes. You know, his dad was calling the shots. So we obviously know that that even though we wondered at times whether Bob McNair was in his right mind with some of the things he said, you know, uh, before his passing, that that, you know, Cal McNair uh, was just kind of waiting where it was, you know, in the wings, you know, just being ready, being crept to run. And now he's going to be running the team the way he wants it. And this is a shocking move because we, we don't see this out of the Texas. They stick with their guys. You know, as long as we kept Rick Smith here. They keep their guys, and I thought that was going to be the same with Brian Game, but this is a new era. And uh, obviously, it's just hard for me to believe that Brian Game was that bad of a general manager. Here's what I think. Nick Casario, he's available, 
and they wanted to do anything they can to find a reason to fire him so that way they can put him in there. Yeah. Because honestly, Brian Gain, Brian Gain is 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 he I just admire him because he actually pulled himself up from the brute straps. He worked his way up. He did it. He just like the American dream. I, you know, I, I was just just stunned that that this happened to him. And you know how this has killed his confidence, you know, in terms of his ability to manage and, you know, whether he's going to get back out there and get to work again. You 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 actually sound like you cared about Brian. He was like a suit, Brian. There was no yeah, – did you have feels for him? Were you crying or something like that? I, I, I'm I, trying I to... just <laughs> – I just felt that, you know, you got to give the guy a shot. And I guess I shouldn't feel too bad for him because he signed a five-year deal. So he's going to still be getting checks for the next, what, four he's years? He's fine. He, he can live. He can live. Look, there there was nothing warm and fuzzy about him. He looked good in the suit. He looked good as a GM. But there's nothing that, as a, I mean, the Texans, it, it just seems like this bland organization that doesn't really make you think of heart. I mean, players aside, the players, ab- absolutely, and J.J. Watt to start with, but as far as the front office and the management, there, there's not that touchy feely stuff. So with gain, I, I, I don't care. I don't care that he's gone. Um, I, I'm looking at him as a, as a player personnel guy. And, and that's interesting to me. And, and do I care that somebody that that's a player personnel guy? And, and that's what I want to ask you next, Brian, because let's go over his record as a player personnel guy. You mentioned uh, the guy that may be the GM and waiting and we're going to get to him, but let's, let's just look back at Brian Gaines record before we go to him and, and, you know, last year he signs Tyron Matthew, Chantrell Henderson, Senio Calamete, Zach Fulton, Brandon Whedon, and Aaron Colvin. Uh, Matthew looked good. Uh, the other guys were so-so. Aaron Colvin, it didn't go well. They changed their special teams coach to Brad Seeley. That turned out great. He made some other minor moves that I thought were pretty good. With no first or second round picks, though, he picks Justin Reed, Jordan Akins, Jordan Thomas, Kiki Cutie, Martinez Rankin, Duke Ejiofor, Peter Columbay, and Jermaine Kelly. We love, you and I love Justin Reed. Uh, we love Kiki Cutie, if he can get the hamstring correct. Uh, Ejiofor, of course, he's out th- all of this year. That's sad, but we think he can be a good player. We're still, you and I, basically right, we're still up in the air on Rankin and Akins and Thomas and Columbay. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We just haven't seen enough of... Well, we've seen a little bit of Rankin, but uh, Columbine, we're so loaded on the defense. Yeah, he just hadn't had an opportunity. But I would like, I would like to see that. But I honestly don't know if we get a chance because we, uh, you know, the Texas drafted uh, Omaminu, uh from Texas Mena, in the fifth Mena, round. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and, yeah. and let's go to this off season because you know he, he lets Matthew go and Kareem Jackson and the Kareem Jackson thing. The one thing I'll, I'll say about the Kareem Jackson, when he let him go, I, I was surprised that they didn't at least make him an offer or talk to him. I thought that was kind of weird because I thought Kareem Jackson, when he was on the field and healthy, he looks like a really good player, specifically at safety at cornerback. He's very mediocre, but at, at safety, he looked good. He looked like he could be a game changer, which we always thought at safety. But they go out, they sign Tayshawn Gibson, they sign Bradley Roby, Breon Body Calhoun, whatever, A.J. McCarron, maybe upgrade a little bit, Darren Fells. Who knows if he's even going to make the team. Um, but this offseason, Brian, the free agent stuff, you know, 
Could they have done more? Should they have done more? I mean, when you look Absolutely. at when you look at the big picture, though, Brian Gain, like, what's your what do you think of the job he's done? My only my only wish is that he should have been more aggressive, but it seems like there was a budget that he had to adhere to. Like the Texans are sitting on top of all this money, and they just did not want to pay players. It's not like we're in a situation where we're in cap hell. And but that uh, might be why he 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 wasn't liked by Cal McNair because he wasn't spending money and they weren't aggressive. And like, what are you doing with the money? I I, I don't think Cal gets a whole lot of benefit if they don't spend that money. I mean, I think it's one of these things where maybe Cal McNair thought, well, wh- why haven't you spent the money? Sign Jadavian Clowney, or if you're not going to sign him, trade Jadavian. Do something with Jadavian Clowney. Uh, go out and pick up somebody, this this tackle for the Redskins that you know everybody's talking about that's out there and you know several po- Pro Bowls that he's gone to and you know looks like he could be a really good addition for the Texans. Maybe that's the problem, Brian. I, I don't know. It, it seems like, you know, he didn't spend money and you don't you don't spend money stupidly. You don't spend money to spend money. But maybe they maybe Cal thought there was things out there that were available or he should have tried to do and he didn't do it. That's the only thing I could think of. And and they should have had that conversation. And Brian Gain, which could have been his pitfall, he said, listen, Cal, I'm ready to go all in. I'm tired of the Texans. You know, every year after year, disappointment. It's time to go all in, and you just give me the word, and we're going to get the guys that we need. But I, I just think that he was like, well, no, we're going to build a team and save money because we don't know how much we're going to have to pay Clowney. I mean, you worry about that down the road. And that's another thing I want to mention. How are the negotiations going on with Clowney right now? Obviously, the two sides haven't talked in a bit because we haven't heard anything. Well, that's the problem, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. They want somebody else sitting at that negotiation table. They want a fresh face that can can go in and broker and get a deal done because it is – Brian Gain obviously felt like this is what we want to do. This is what we want to pay him. And, you know, you, you have to reward Clowney for the work that he's done. Although, yes, he could have done more. Yes, he, but he is still one of the most talented defensive guys in, in the league and possibly, you know, he, he could make a case for history. There's still a lot of, you know, writing in his chapter of his career uh, right now. But uh, you, you need to go on and, and pay the guy. I just I, I don't like the way this is going with Clowney. I think that there should be a deal that that would be done. It has to be fair, equitable on, on both sides. But that's the way I feel about the whole situation. I think Brian Gain, he was failing at the negotiations. They didn't like the way things were going because he is the face of the franchise. No, Deshaun Watson's the face of the franchise. <laughs> he is in terms of J.J. Watt, you know, and all those guys. But I'm talking about on the operations side of the franchise. When you think about who's running the show. Oh, you're, you're talking like, about Brian Gaines, the face as far as the management. Now, I think Bill O'Brien's right. the face of the franchise as far as management, isn't he? I think it's like a co, it's like a co-membership. It's like a co, uh, uh, whoever, whatever way you want to categorize Bill that. Bill O'Brien's think, in charge, buddy. He's the coach. That's the guy everybody's, that's the guy that goes in front of the media all the time. I mean, I, I, I just disagree with you right there. I don't. I, yeah, I. I don't think so. Yeah, and, and it's just I, – I just wish that there was a way that we could take away power from Bill O'Brien because all of this that's going on right now – and you know that's not going to happen because, you know, he, he his decision-making 
you know, it just throughout the whole the whole process here. I just don't like the way this made us look. It made this franchise look like it was unstable and inexperienced. And I know you probably have a counter for that, but you know, you still want to stick with your guy, you know, to see if he could put together some. But again, Nick Casario is available. But they were interviewing guys like Ray Farmer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, well, let's see. I want to get to I want to get to that in a second. But like, where do you think Brian Gaines' winning percentage was compared to the other active GMs around the NFL at the time he was fired? That, that's a little trivia question I got for you because I, I think that's interesting part of this whole thing. He he was he had the second best winning percentage, Brian, of any active GM when he was let go. It's only one season. 11 and 5, baby. Yeah, there you go. And, and a bad bad schedule, but you know, that, that he's 11 and 5 and 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 that's what he did. But I mean, yeah, Brian, I I you could say that it makes you look bad, but maybe for the first time we see uh an owner that it isn't maybe capitulating to, to below Brian. Cause you, you figure this, this sounds like a Cal McNair decision. Yes. It, yes, it is. Yeah. We, we talked about it. It was all alignment, right? It, it, exactly. And I'll say it for you, Rob, he had cojones. Nobody had cojones up at the top yet. So that's, that, that's what I like. I do like that. You know, it's just kind of shocking to, to see it, but if we can get someone better, if, 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 and, and I'm telling you, Nick is probably the best guy. He's a Patriot. He, he wants Bill O'Brien wants this to be Patriot South, and if that means us winning a Super Bowl, hell, I'm all for it. But uh, it, it's just a, a situation here where I just again I'm in so much shock and that that the Texans are finally doing something to try to to win the Super Bowl. I mean, winning a playoff game that's unacceptable. Even even getting to the AFC Championship that should be the goal this season. Getting to the AFC Championship and with with the how he did in free agency, I, I'm putting this team at, you know, honestly, nine and seven. That's where I'm putting them right now. Th- there's going to be some tough games. We talked about this when the schedule was released, Rob, and I, I just don't see how they're going to be able to get more than nine wins. Now with an incoming GM, maybe there could be some some last minute moves, you know, right, you know, around training camp can still get better. But I, I just it's it's going to be tough to to repeat eleven and five or even better than that just based off of the guys that we're playing. But again, that's why you got to play the games. Last word I got on Gain, I would give him about a B as a GM from what I had seen so far, and that's po- totally based on player personnel. Um, I I really liked the draft last year. I thought he did a good job for what he had. I thought he was. Good, not great with free agency, but there's there's not. We think there's all these prizes in free agency, but there really isn't. I yeah. thought this year in free agency, you, you know, it just didn't seem like there was a ton of good stuff. I like Gibson, but the other stuff is just kind of blah, whatever. That's the way I felt when he got signed. <laughs> and, and 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 the thing is, you know, with the if you look at um, the the. Um, other stuff, I, I like the Brad Seeley move. We talked about that special teams wise. What I didn't like is the fact that there was no addressing the running back situation with only Lamar Miller and, and a Deontay Foreman that we have no idea what, what he's all about. They didn't address it last year either, I thought, but they should have added a veteran running back at some point. They never did. We talked about that he, he left money on the table, which I didn't like. I have no idea what the plan moving forward is with Clowney. And and that's a concern with me from Ryan Gain. So that's the stuff that gets marked down, but he's 
was a big upgrade over Rick Smith as a player personnel guy. And, um, you know, if you look at Nick Casario, Brian, because you, you've mentioned this guy a couple of times, and let's just let me mention he's the Patriots director of player personnel. He's supposedly who the Texans remember this, Brian. We talked about this on the show. They they really wanted him when when Brian Gain they hired Brian Gain. Remember that? Right, right, right. And the Patriots wouldn't let him because the Patriots didn't give him permission to to interview. But now, you know, because the Patriots are getting ready to make some shifts, and it's going to be a big shift because number twelve is getting ready to retire soon. It may not be this season. It may not be next season. But there's going to be some changes that are going to be happening. And Nick Casario, they're saying, okay, well, if you want to go and try your hand at another project with the Texans with Bill O'Brien, go right ahead. You've got her blessing. All right. This is the story on um, Nick Casario. So I want to give you a little bit of his background. He's the voice that Bill Belichick listens to most on personnel matters. But he also talks to Josh McDaniel on his headset during games. So he's not just player personnel guy. He's part coach. The Boston Globe described him as a de facto offensive coach on game days. He's extremely loyal. So that's why the Texans are having a hard time prying him away from New England. He's been their director of player personnel for most of the last 17 years. I mean, all through the Super Bowl stuff for the most part. And on game days, he relays to Josh McDaniels the down and the distance, the yard line, and what personnel the defense puts on the field. He's got a ton of responsibilities. He also helps him with in-game adjustments between series. So this is way more, Brian, way, way more than just a GM. This is this is like a coach slash coach that they're they're looking at. I, guess. I mean, I don't know if he can do all that, if he can handle all those responsibilities. But, you know, this is he's good. Brian, he's considered one of the smartest guys in the NFL. No, no question. I wouldn't want to mess with him either. You've seen his pictures. Yeah, he looks <laughs> yeah. he looks pretty scary. I don't I wouldn't want to get in the, in the alley with this guy. You know, I mean, he'd be ready to. To, to, to box you out, I, I know I'd be able to hold my own, but I, I think he, he and Bill O'Brien are, are going to get along great if, if he, in fact, becomes a hire because they, they seem like they're real scrappy in schoolyard and, you know, they're going to be able to, to, to put put a winner together. But here's the whole thing. Bill O'Brien, he is in Cal McNair's here. He Cal McNair strongly believes that Bill O'Brien can get this team to a Super Bowl. Now, whether you believe that or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we know Bill O'Brien's in his ear, but there's another guy. Yeah. There's another guy that's in his ear that you're you're hearing his name. You start. I mean, if you've been on social media, you've you know, you've kind of seen like, who's this guy? They keep talking about his name's Jack Easterby. Do you, do you know who Jack Easterby is, Brian? Yeah, what well, uh, he's he's a, he's a VP, right? Uh, or he's uh, one of the. Uh, he was we worked together well with Bill O'Brien. Well, he's a player development guy, and they got along great. And well, he, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hold on before you say they got along great because I think you're you're going in the wrong. First of all, he's only been with the Texans for two and a half months. Now you think he's wow. he, he was in the Patriots organization, but but hold on, he was in the Patriots organization. He didn't get there till after Ob left the Patriots organization. So here here's the story on this character because. This is a name you got to remember because he's okay. playing a huge role in this whole thing. Uh, he's someone that has significant influence on who they're going to hire as the next GM. Uh, his background, he's a former, this is interesting, former team chaplain for the Chiefs from 2011 to 2012 and a life coach for the Patriots for six years wow. under Belichick. He's a counselor and advisor to players, coaches, and their families. Now, the Boston Globe reported that Robert, the Robert Kraft arrest and that whole mess didn't sit well with Easterby. So that's why 
the, the Texans were able to grab him, and, and that's why he left. Albert Breer reported the Texans outbid the Panthers and Dolphins, among others, for his services. And back in 2013, Belichick hired Easterby to help the Patriots. Actually, the whole reason they hired him to start with was to deal with, or part of the reason was to deal with the Aaron Hernandez crisis. After that, Belichick trusted him so much, he let him participate in personnel evaluations. Uh, I mean, he was in on this, all, all this stuff. Uh, look, Patriots vet Matthew Slater said this was during this week of the Super Bowl. He said, I'm going to quote him, I honestly don't think we are where we are sitting here today without Jack Easterby's influence on the team, Brian. So it's a, this guy's a very interesting character that's kind of put, like I said, this is like as the world turns, because all of a sudden we got like a new, like this guy that's, uh, who's this character that's coming in? He's a chaplain, but he's not a chaplain. He's a life coach, but he's not a. He's a. He's in on player personnel meetings. He's. I, I, this is interesting. Yeah, does he juggle too? I mean, what else can this guy do? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's great to hear about Jack, and uh, you know, just with his resume and whatnot. I, you know, Brian T. Smith talked about this, uh, but I tweeted at him as well. Uh, you know, we, of course, the Chronicle columnist, he feels that the, the the theory is that, you know, gains out, Easterby rises. That's that's what that's what that's what he tweeted. Now, if if uh, for some reason Casario isn't selected or, or whatever happens, I wouldn't put it out of the question to go on and get Easterby the job because or how about the, the the executive vice president, uh, you know, Chris Olson, the guy that that does all the uh, the money, the bonus. Uh, he does all the you know, Texas Cap talked about that guy where he's like the mastermind behind the Texas budgeting, you know, with salary caps and, and whatnot. He should be a candidate uh, as well. I mean, I, I think it would be just fine to promote from within. And uh, but I think it's just the situation here. That uh, if if Easterby if Easterby gets it, I mean, sounds like to me that he looks like he can do just about everything. He's good with personnel. Wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, you're getting it confused. No, Easterby is in on the. He's going to be in on the process of who they hire. That's what I'm saying. Okay, this guy is in on the process of who they hired. He's not a player personnel guy. He's just he was like a chaplain. That's very like a, a life coach. That's a He's just kind of this all-around mix of guys. He's just an interesting character, and 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 he's somebody I think they're they're going to look to when when they get into the, these meetings. And 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 it could just be a, 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 a it could be just Casario. They've talked to. It's a done deal. They're going through the the name. And you mentioned some of the names. Uh, look, Reggie McKenzie. I mean, he was a disaster with the Raiders. You mentioned Ray Farmer, disaster with the Browns. Those guys look like Rooney Rule guys, to be honest with you. And I think it's kind of an embarrassment to the Rooney Rule. It is. You got former Chiefs GM and uh, Falcons assistant GM Scott Pioli, uh, also Patriots mm. Connections, director of player personnel. That's another name that you've heard thrown out there. I would be okay with that one, too. I'd be okay with that hire. And there's another name that you and I have heard before, uh, Patriots director of college scouting, Monty Awesome for it. Remember that guy? Right, right. Yeah, we talked about in the off season. He was uh, that. No, no, he was the. He was. Uh, I think in in the mix when when Brian Gain was uh, hired. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was right before then because that's when you know Rick Smith went on leave. They were trying to find a GM, and uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember him because you know he has a pretty good resume, and I remember. I think I wrote about him a bit. So 
yeah, it's good that he's back in the picture, but it whoever gets this job, it's definitely going to be somebody connected to the Patriots. I, I don't see any other way that this is going to turn out any different. Yeah, well, we know it's it's the it's the Houston Patriots, Brian. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get a load of that hot take I just made. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, Casario. I mean, come on. If they can get this cat, I mean, look. The Patriots, we know it's Belichick, it's Brady. That's a 95% of everything. But Casario, the fact that this guy has been there since 2002 and Belichick loves this guy and he's in on everything and he's like the semi-brains a little bit behind Josh McDaniels and the offense. I mean, this is somebody that... It, it, it seems like if you can get him away from the Patriots, that is as close as you're going to get to getting maybe one of the real brains behind this whole operation. Uh, besides, obviously, Belichick. And, I mean, those are the two guys. But right. Casario looks like, you know, that that could be if, – if, that, if that's what they pull off and, and that's what, you know, they're thinking is maybe they – maybe it just had to do with the fact that they knew he was going to shake loose. And I thought it was – it's just real interesting. Cal McNair said – Eh, you know, Brian Gain, he's good at this thing, but we don't think he's great at everything. But Brian, how many times have we talked about this? We felt like his dad was about, uh, I'm fine. He's okay. We, we, we're looking for some more than okay. We, <laughs> right. You know, I think that's we, the thing. We need somebody like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> This is a guy that needs to be here. You know, you need somebody to knock your – you need somebody that, you know, does such a great job that knocks your socks off. And I have to say, I have to be honest, he, Ryan Gain did not knock my socks off, but I was impressed with with what, what his plan – we didn't know exactly all what he was trying to do. You know, all we, we knew is he was trying to get guys that were longer, stronger, and faster. We, we already knew that. But, uh, yeah, to just the aggressiveness that, you know, a lot of people – have said that, including, uh, you know, some writers of, of, of our own here at uh, House of Houston as well. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just, oh, man. Yeah, that's that's who you get. And, and like, like I said, Casario seems like that's the guy that's going to knock our socks off. It's about time. <laughs> oh. We need somebody from the Texas to knock our socks off. Yeah, I tell you, between the Rockets and the Texans, I mean, Look at all this drama going on. Daryl Morey's over here saying, I'm, I'm willing to put the whole team up for sale, up, up for trade, you know, whatever. And uh, then the Texans have their thing going. It's, it seems like the Astros, you know, hey, <laughs> everything is, you know, running smooth. Everything's going according to plan. You know, guys get injured. You know, three stars are down. No, we still keep winning games. So, hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, you, it's incredible. It's you, Even in an offseason where we thought, oh, well, the Texans are pretty much – done and they've done all that they're going to do and the rockets yeah. you know that you know they're, they're they might try to do something but you know who knows what they can do with all of the you know guys that they've got locked up and the it's a mess that they they can't really maybe get out of and all that but they're they they've managed to you know make it interesting the texans of course they're the, the, those guys are making it interesting and uh i i can't wait to to find out if this guy gets hired Casario, what I'm talking about, or you know, what's going to happen with that? I think it's, a, I think it could be looked at around the NFL as maybe the Texans. This is a new Texans that we're seeing. Maybe that's exact. 
I don't know. Exactly. The question I've got for you is what do you think of the timeline? Do you think they're going to get somebody, they're going to move fast? Because I guess. Oh, you, oh you, okay. You, no, I got that. Uh, Sports Radio 610 saying it's going to be Friday. They, they plan to have it done by wow. no later than Friday. So that, that came out. We're talking on Monday night. That came out a little bit earlier, a few, a few hours ago. And so, yeah, that, it's, it's going to get done. So they're not going to take their time on this. And they shouldn't. They, they need to get somebody in there because there's still a lot of decisions that need to be made. Well, thanks for coming on with me, man. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Always a pleasure. Houseofhouston.com. You know where to find Brian. And if you missed it, don't forget. Uh, some of you, I noticed, haven't downloaded it. I know some of you, you, you might be too young to remember the Oilers, but I had on Vernon Perry. And, you know, this is, it's, it's great history. It's great history about Houston. Love you, Blue. The interview was really cool. I, I know some people out there might be wondering, who, who's Vernon Perry? Well, Vernon Perry, just to remind you, 40 years ago, he was the hero in the biggest upset in Oilers history. Four interceptions and a blocked field goal. When they basically, the, the Oilers lost the equivalent. It was like going out there without Deshaun Watson, without DeAndre Hopkins, and without Lamar Miller. That's what the Oilers had to do to beat the San Diego Chargers, who had Air Coriel. They had one of the great offenses um, of the time. They had a defense that was one of the top defenses in the NFL. The Oilers were on the road. They were tremendous underdogs. And Vernon Perry goes in there and intercepts four passes, including the last play of the game. He intercepts Stan Fouts, Hall of Famer, and he blocks a short field goal and returns it back about 50 yards. And the next week in the AFC Championship game, the last AFC Championship game by a Houston franchise of any NFL variety, he leads the game off with a 77-yard interception return for a touchdown. We get into all that stuff. We talk about him playing in college with Robert Brazil, who just got into the Hall of Fame, Walter Payton, all-time great. He was friends with him. He played with him. He was friends and played with Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater, I just quoted his son, Matthew Slater, who plays for the Patriots, and who was in the Super Bowl. Jackie Slater, Hall of Famer, also played at Jackson State with all those guys. What a group of guys that he played with in college in the NFL. He's a it's a real interesting story of how he got to the NFL. We talk about that and the steel curtain and Wade Phillips, who was one of his assistant coaches. And of course, bum Phillips. And we talk, I mean, so much it, it's, it's really, it's a really cool interview. And, and I hope you go back and make sure you listen to it. If you haven't downloaded, if you haven't played it yet, go check it out. Um, as always though, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to probably come up with a little bit of Astros later in the week. I'm hoping I'm going to try to get me a guest talk some Astros later in the week, but we'll be waiting for the Texans too. It should be fun. It should be a fun week in Houston. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.